It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Rivals. People competing with another for the same objective or superiority in the same field of activity. Fantastic rivalry. It was intense. A lot of passion showed in it. I think the game that both teams look forward to every season. There's no walks of life where people go to work with two ambulances behind them. We know how dangerous it is. Both chasing the same goals and dreams. I remember feeling really sorry for him. I knew I was going to beat him. I think there was needle between the teams, but just through wanting to beat each other so badly. You know, there was a mutual respect. Each fighting against the other. I thought, wow, that looks like a broken man. I thought, wow, is it really that serious? When you're suffering and someone's better than you on the day and you're doing everything you possibly can to hold on to, to them and not let that gap get any bigger than a metre and you're praying for the end to come or you're praying for the next corner so you can rest a little bit, they're the hardest days. In this series, we bring together famous sporting rivals to hear a shared story from both sides. The triumph, the tragedies, the victories, the near misses, the laughter and the sorrow. This is reunited on TalkSport. In the late 90s and early noughties, two teams dominated English football until the emergence of Roman Abramovich's Chelsea. The Premier League trophy alternated between Old Trafford and Highbury as Manchester United and Arsenal fought each other for supremacy. Two men who witnessed this rivalry firsthand were striker Andy Cole and goalkeeper David Seaman. David Seaman is an Arsenal legend who played for the Gunners over 400 times, but his story could have been so different. I was, I was out walking my dog around a lake and um, my phone rang and it was Brian Robson. He says, oh, the manager wants to have a word with you. Alex Ferguson said, look, I'm going to come in for you at the end of the summer. This was just before transfer deadline day. He says, I can't do it now because we've got a couple of semi-finals coming up and this, that and the other. He says, I don't want to upset the goalies. He said, but I'm definitely coming in for you in the summer. Probably six, seven hours later, I get a phone call from, my, from an agent saying that Arsenal have come in for you and they want you to, to go down for a medical. The clubs have agreed a fee. I was like, wow. And while David Seaman nearly ended up at Old Trafford rather than at Highbury, in a twist of fate, Andy Cole would begin his career at Arsenal. I remember signing when I was... An apprentice, where I remember signing my schoolboy forms, to be honest. I made it my debut, I come on sub against, I think it was Sheffield United. So after that, my, my time at Arsenal Football Club was history. It was a tough one, to be fair, because I, I never really saw eye to eye with a manager. Well, I don't know if it was me or vice versa. The manager Andy Cole didn't see eye to eye with was George Graham. It never really materialised after that. I think George was the 
of the ilk that um, I was a bit too cocksure about myself and I believed in my ability a little bit too much for him. And he decided that it was best that I parted ways with the football club. When I signed, I got George Wayne there who, who got the best out of his team. It wasn't always the, the easiest on the eye football, um, but it was effective. You know, and that's where the, the saying or the song 1-0 to the Arsenal came from because we knew that if we got a goal, we knew how to defend it. That back four was drilled so hard and trained so hard that every one of them knew exactly what to do, where to be. You know, okay, it didn't work all the time, but it worked a lot of the time. My first season there, I let in 18 goals in the league. You know, so it worked pretty well. George Graham's style of football might not have been easy on the eye, but it brought success with league titles and cups heading for the Highbury Trophy Cabinet. But while David Seaman was building up his medal collection, Andy Cole had to seek pastures new to advance his career. So when I took the move to Bristol City to go on loan, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, thoroughly enjoyed it. So I signed for them uh, full-time, and I think I was there possibly six months. And then Kevin Keegan bid 1.75 million to take me to Newcastle. And it, it was too big a move for me to turn down. I remember speaking to Lee Clark at the time. Because I, I was a bit worried because I, I, I was still a kid. And I was a bit worried because I knew Newcastle's become legal. Lee's a Geordie boy and he loves Newcastle. And he said to me, come. He said, you'll have a fantastic time and your scores, loads of goals and things like that. And he had no reason to worry. The goals flew in and Newcastle, under manager Kevin Keegan, were promoted to the Premier League where his rich form continued. The football club is steeped in history about the number nine shirt. And I mean, when I went there, you know, I was wearing the number eight shirt. And I, I, was, a, I, was, a bit, um, I was a bit upset when we went to the Premier League season and Kevin said to me, oh, I'm going to give you the number nine shirt. And I said, well, well, I did well in the number eight last season. So I said, no, no, no. He said, Newcastle United's got a great tradition of number nines here and I want to wear the number nine shirt. It's a number, it's a number. Then as, as the season started transpire and whatever, and everyone started to talk about the great number nines Newcastle had and things like that. And like I said, I was, I was just fortunate that the goals went in, I won win number nine shirt. I became a big hero there. And it came around a lot quicker than I expected. You know, I'm, I'm a very private individual. I like to play football. I love, well, I don't like to play football. I love to play football. But when I finish football, that's me time. And I couldn't get my head around how much the fans loved me and want, just want to interact and whatever. So at no stage could I actually switch off. And I find that really, really tough because there was no one helping me in how to deal with it. Because however you look, I've come from Bristol City, you know, and then I've gone to Newcastle and it's just taken off. And no one spoke about, well, if it takes off, this is exactly what's going to happen. And when it did take off, I, I just didn't know how to handle it because, you know, it just came to me so quickly. While Andy was banging in the goals for Newcastle, Arsenal were beginning to stagnate with Manchester United emerging as the new powerhouse of English football. When it started with the Premier League, you know, it, it went like United, United, Blackburn, you know, and I always remember like thinking that, you know, my first season we won the league and it was the old league trophy and seeing the Premier League trophy was like so big and, you know, it looked brilliant. You know, I, was, I always just think, oh, I must be aced to lift that, you know, or I can't wait to drink champagne out of that. United were beginning to dominate the newly formed Premier League but manager Alex Ferguson sought more firepower and the number nine from Newcastle fitted the bill. Newcastle just played in the FA Cup on a Sunday, drew 1-1 against Blackburn. We were training on a Monday, having a warm down. That Monday evening, I was sitting down to watch uh, 
Sheffield United playing Manchester United in the FA Cup. And I got a, a call from uh, the guy who was representing me at the time. He said to me, um, you know, you said you don't leave Newcastle, go to one other club, Manchester United. I said, yeah, that's, that's the only deal I could have. He goes to me, right, the deal's on. So I said, nah. I don't believe it. And I put the phone down and he called me straight back. He goes, no, he said, a fee's been agreed between Manchester United and Newcastle United. You know, I'll be up in the next few hours to come pick you up and get the deal done. And I, I still couldn't believe it because I'm sitting there just about to watch the game. And I said, this is it's too random, the way it's come about, because there was nothing of it when I went in the Monday morning for the warm down. Kevin never pulled me to say, look, this is the situation, anything like that. In the end, Kevin gave me a call when I was going down to uh, Manchester that evening. And he said to me, look, I accept the fees. You've got a great opportunity to go to a fantastic football club. He said, you'll learn so much then you become a better player. And then to seal the deal, Andy got a call from Alex Ferguson. I spoke to him on a coach when they was coming back from Sheffield, the cup game, and I was on the way down. I spoke to him, he said to me, look, I've been watching you for uh, some time. It was my first season in the Premier League. He goes, I think you come to this football club and you're what we need, you know. You get goals, you've got quick feet. So a lot of teams now are dropping behind the ball and giving us no spacing behind. You can get to your feet, get turned, shots. I think it'd be fantastic for the football club. And I was thinking to myself, wow, I'm talking to um, Alex Ferguson here. Alex Ferguson was building a formidable team and Arsenal found themselves off the pace. We were changing, we became more of a cup team because we did quite well in the Cup Winners' Cup and we'd won the FA Cup and we did the Cup Double. Um, so it weren't like we were not winning anything. We, we were going season by season by picking something up, but Man United had become more dominant. Change was needed and the next man in charge at Arsenal would ensure the Gunners would be a match for Alex Ferguson's team. So then we saw it on TV and we were like, you know, we did a few rumours that it could be this guy. When we heard the name, we were like, we literally was like, Arsene who? Where's he from? It was a, a really strange one. And I think that the, the recommendation came from Glenn Hoddle. But as soon as he came and, and he just went straight in, and just changed everything. He changed the way that we trained, you know, with all the massage and all the, the nutrition side of it, you know, the way that we ate and, and the way that we played as well. You know, he, he, gave, he gave people a chance to express themselves a bit more. Even to the point where, like, Tony and Baldy and mine are actually playing out from the bike. You know, and I was like, yeah, this is more like it because I'd had a double hernia operation through kicking the ball so long every, every um, season. With the appointment of Arsene Wenger, the rivalry between Arsenal and Manchester United accelerated. It had it all. North versus South, Manchester versus London, a quiet Frenchman versus the grizzled Glaswegian who gave a new meaning to the word hairdryer. The way the boys used to speak about him, and obviously try your best not to go on his bad side and all this kind of stuff, and when he loses it, you know, he loses it, and don't be surprised, and blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking, no, nah, it can't be that, it can't be bad. And then once you get ingrained in the fabric and then you see what his work ethic, his just alone, and then you see the players' work ethic, and then you start to appreciate why the players are where they're at. And then when you don't play particularly well and you see him lose it, I'm saying, myself, oh, my God, is this allowed? But as I got more and more into the football club, I started to understand it. It's not just from him. Everyone from that football club wants to be winners. But it's fair to say Arsene Wenger took a more diplomatic approach to dealing with his players. Arsene's way was that not a word would be said. And I remember when we were getting beat at home at Highbury, and we all walked in, 
and Pat Rice came in behind us and he started shouting at a couple of the players and Arsenal just turned around in front of all the team and went, Pat, sit down and be quiet. And we were like, whoa. You know, he's actually shouted at one of his own staff and, and this was the way that he had it. You know, so it was complete silence. For 10 minutes, you had your drinks, you got your energy bars, did whatever you needed to do, but you didn't speak, you didn't row, anything like that. And then he would speak for the last two or three minutes. Ah, oh, you would go. And that's, that, that was Arsene's way. He, he didn't like conflict. He hated conflict, even with players. Even when he used to put the team sheet up and the player wasn't in and the player would be like, can I have a word? He'd be like, no, I will speak to you Monday. And then he'd avoid it like the plague. <laughs> Still to come on Reunited on Talk Sport. Tony Adams scored with a left foot shot. It's normally just used for standing on. Well, I, I know that. I know that. And it's Tony Adams put through by Steve Ball. Would you believe it? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to Reunited on Talk Sport. And on today's episode, we're looking back at the rivalry between Arsenal and Manchester United during the 1990s and early noughties in the company of Andy Cole and David Seaman. With the arrival of Arsene Wenger, everything changed at Arsenal. David Seaman. Because we were, we were used to George Graham. You know, as, as you had a lot of experience with. <laughs> some good, some bad. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it, for us, it was like a massive change. You know, yeah, no doubt. We went, we went like from, like, Ian Wright having a steak with a fried egg on top for a pre-match meal to having, like, boiled fish, boiled chicken, boiled veg, steamed pasta, you yeah. know, all that sort of stuff. And when he, when he first came, we, we were like, we can't eat that much. But he'd made the signings of the lads, you know, like Patrick... Uh, Manu, like Nicholas and Elka, Grabondi, uh, Remy Gard, you know, quite a few, you know, good, good French lads that were already on the diet, mm. you know. So like we were like looking, thinking, well, they can eat all that food and then keep running. 
the other lads were thinking, yeah, we'll have some of that as well. You know, it's like a massive change for us. But what was it like with with Alex? Not like that. No. No, no, was he like old school? No, I, I, you know, I, I've got to be brutally honest. The, the, the gaffer, he wasn't old school. You know, he was very open to whatever. But when it comes to pre-match, he's whatever you're just comfortable with. Yeah. You know, yeah, normal. Pasta, uh, eggs, whatever. Yeah. He, he never turned around and said, right, you, you can't have that because whatever's put in front of you, we'll, we'll work with that. Yeah. I mean, so he, he, he was good that, that way. I remember we used to finish training some days and we used to have like jelly babies. We always used to have Jaffas anyway. Yeah. After training, jelly babies, Jaffas, drinks, <laughs> whatever. So he wasn't like saying, no, you know, you right. can't have it. Yeah. Uh, in the end, got rid of the jelly babies, but the Jaffas always stayed. But while the Arsenal players were getting used to a new diet, the United players were having to adapt to the loss of one of the most talismanic players to grace Old Trafford. The Cantona! At the end of the 1996-97 season, Eric Cantona announced his retirement from football, aged just 30. I was at a friend's house. I mean, we had a night out this Saturday night, and I was at a friend's house here in the weekend, and when that news came out, I was like, hmm, that's strange. Because in that season as well, we won the league, but we went out in the Champions League to Dortmund in the semis, and we should have beat Dortmund comfortably in the end, but we went out. So when the news did come out, it was like, phew, that's massive news for Manchester United, you know, that Eric had left. And when we went back for pre-season, the lads were saying, like, phew. I remember Giggs is saying to me, the only person I think you can bring in now, he's got to be Letizia. And we were saying as well, we couldn't see Letizia leaving Southampton. So as he didn't leave Southampton, you know, we ended up buying Teddy. So that was like... Proper random, well, not random, but totally out of the blue. Yeah. Because yeah. no one would have thought that. So did Eric would... just like just call it a day like as quick yeah. as that? Yeah. Oh, really? It was, it was strange that he retired because he was like a novice. You know, we wanted to win the European Cup. We yeah. wanted to win yeah. it. And that year we went out to Dortmund in the semis. That deflated us all because we should have won it. Right. But I think that one really took the wind out of his sails and he made his mind up most probably that possibly he couldn't take the team and he fell forward and... He didn't believe we could possibly win the European Cup. How I never know. was. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, 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 I would be looking at Manchester United, you know. Everyone worked their socks off, yeah. you know, to get and provide it with the ball for him to produce a little bit of magic every now and then or when it was, get a goal or whatever. So when, when he did leave, it was like, Eric's gone. Yeah. With players like that, you know that even if they're not in the game, not involved in the game too much, all of a sudden they can just produce that bit of magic. magic. And you're like... How did he see that? Yes. We had that lit nowhere near as good as Eric, but Manu Petit had that ability to to see a pass yeah. when he got his back to play, you know, and he would just swivel and, and, and we would say, like, how has he found that pass? How did yeah. he know he was going there? You know, but Eric had had that and then the goal scoring ability as well, didn't he? He was phenomenal. That stage was phenomenal. When he came back from his banner as well, it was like you know, the the king had him. He'd come back home. With no Eric Cantona, Arsenal felt they had a chance of winning the Premier League title for the first time. But not every player was that excited about the prospect of a title-winning season. It was strange. Arsene Wenger would always ask, he'd give us the players a little piece of paper and he'd say, right, write down the trophies in priority. And all the foreign lads would put Champions League. All the English lads would put the Premier League. You know, and it was the, that's, you know, we, we always wanted to win the league. You know, the Champions League is a little bit like a cup knockout, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But winning the league is the benchmark of how good you've been that season. 
you know, yeah. and, and, and in them times, if it weren't us, it was them, you know, and there was very rarely any other team in it. Yep. And that, that's exactly what I was saying. That the crazy thing with uh, Sir Alex was we'd win the league, we celebrate, it's over, finished. Yeah. You get in the dressing room, like, gaffer, have a few drinks and that, and then that's it, bang. Yeah. He's talking about next season. Yeah. And he always stressed us every preseason, best team after 38 games. You know, the cup mm. games are bonuses, win the European Cup bonuses, of course, but we need to be the best team after 38 games. Yeah. That's what was special because you always spoke about if you're not doing it, I'll move you on and I'll yeah. bring somebody else in. In the 97 98 season, Arsenal and United would first clash at Highbury in November, with some pundits already questioning Arsenal's title ambitions. Arsenal went 2-0 up before United pegged them to 2-2 and David Platt scored a late, crucial winner for the Gunners. Winterburn. Platt! What a story! I just remember the late goal Platt he got. Yeah, I remember his celebration. Yeah. <laughs> it did something weird with his hands, which play, he always yeah, used yeah. to do. Run off like this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember that one because I think we went 2-0 down, I think. We went 2-0 yeah. down. I think it was Oli. Obviously, Oli and Teddy that, that, that evening. Oh, I don't say it was Teddy. I, th- I think <laughs> it was. I think it was Oli and Teddy that evening, yeah. And, you know, when, when we come back from 2-0 down and then 2-2, we thought, yeah, to come to Highbury and come back from that result. Yeah. You know, I know. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a big result for us. And, and then when Platy got the late winner, he's like... That's all we need. But, yeah, but, but massive games, isn't it? Big, big game. Yeah. But at Highbury, because the pitch was so tight and the punters were on you, and yeah. that, that made it even better. And it was under lights. And under lights at Highbury, especially at the best of times. But when, yeah. I mean, when Man United come to town, yeah. you, know, you, you, you remember things like that. So when I was playing for Manchester United, to play at Highbury under lights was yeah. special, very, yeah. very special. But we didn't get the result that evening. I think oh, it was a great feeling being 2 0 up. But then you know the next goal is really vital. And obviously it went to Man United and then they equalised. So then you're on a bit of a downer. And it takes a lot of strength from the team to be able to actually kick on from that and get a winner. Yeah, I agree. You know, normally the other team that have actually got the two goals back have got more confidence in their, in their ability at that time. Mm. And they normally go on to win. But for us to do it like that was, was special for us. And against... Man United, it's even more special. Yeah, because we we made a habit of um, getting goals coming back and beating teams. Mm. You know, so I I, I thought when we went to two two, I thought we're going to beat them now. Despite Arsenal's win, by Christmas United were thirteen points ahead of sixth place Arsenal. Another title for Alex Ferguson's team looked on the cards, and David Seaman wasn't optimistic. We were struggling a little bit, but every time we had like a draw or a loss, they were always, always getting a win. So they were just getting further and further apart, even to the point of almost like we were thinking, well, we ain't going to catch them. But after the festive break, Arsenal went on a phenomenal winning run, while injuries began to plague United. But OK, we had, we had a few games in hand, you know, which gives you a little bit of hope, but you're thinking, yeah, but we've still got to win all them yeah, games. Yeah, to have the points. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, I mean, no excuse because injuries and part and parcel of it. I mean, when, when we played Arsenal the second time, I think we had loads of injuries at the back. Right. I mean, with John Curtis, I think John Curtis played full back and never moved in the centre half. We had injuries there and injuries in midfield. All I remember of the game, which is weird, is Mark's goal 
and then that fan celebration in the crowd yeah, 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 where he's like yeah, yeah. really like pumping himself you know and it's I remember that one he looked but like, I remember he, yeah looked like he had problems you know <laughs> I do remember that one yeah. oh it's Overmars he's done it this time Arsenal have scored a premiership goal at Old Trafford and it could well be a winning goal in this match and a double over United this season you knew Overmars was quick at the best of times. Yeah. He's one of those on when I think it was Maisie went out in the air with someone, uh, the ball broke to Overmars and he picked it up. And today you see people do those little professional fouls and take one for the team. I don't think anyone could have caught him anyway. And he went on, he went on, and ended up finishing on his left side and put him in um, the bottom left-hand corner. Yeah. And after that, we, we huffed and puffed. We did huff yeah. and puff to try to get a goal, but... Wasn't wasn't to be. No. Was not to be, definitely yeah. not. And I think that's what really started to hamper us, the injuries we was picking up. Yeah. And then you guys picked up a full head of spin. Yeah. And then you were steamrolling teams. Like you said, you're struggling previously, then you... Yeah. And then, then you get on a run, don't you? And then it's like, like you say, it's, it's confidence just starts building. Yes. And then all of a sudden, we, we you see that you've got injuries and you're not winning every game. Yeah. You know, so then it gives us another extra boost. So from from Christmas till May... I think we took 45 points from a possible 51. Yeah. You know, which is like unheard of, really. You know, especially when a, a team like Man United are at the top, mm. you know, because you, we didn't expect you to to have that wobble. Well, I, I don't think we expected it. Yeah. But then, like I said, you pick up injuries, you pick up like little small ones, so key players. Yeah. And then when you're going to run like that, you were off saying to ourselves, well, any chance of them slipping up? You know, he's, he's one of those ones. Yeah, yeah. The run Arsenal went on there was phenomenal. To pick up that amount of points, yeah. you know, he's absolutely unbelievable. Thanks to that sensational winning run after Christmas, Arsenal could claim the title with victory over Everton on the penultimate game of the season. And that's when Tony's famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony Adams scored with a left foot shot. It's normally just used for standing on. Well, I, I know that. <laughs> And it's Tony Adams put through by Steve Ball. Would you believe it? That sums it all up. That's when you know you, the league's meant to be. Yeah. When Tony ends up yeah. scoring. Oh, up. and he was put through by Steve Ball. <laughs> well, that tells you everything you need <laughs> exactly. to know. And it got even better for Arsenal. After winning the title, Arsenal had the small matter of an FA Cup final against Andy Cole's former club. Newcastle. To actually win the double, my first double, was was a great feeling. Not only like for the team, but just to shut Bob Wilson up, my coach, because he was oh, always going on about I'm the only goalie to win the double at Arsenal. <laughs> Bob, <laughs> and Bob used to have a lot of banter, but uh, no, he, he was good. He was yeah, just using it to wind me up and to try and you know get get an even more reaction out of me yeah. for, to yeah. play better and do better and. Uh, no, it, it was special for us. You know, we had a great day at Wembley, and and to win the double is just a, an awesome feeling, isn't it? Petit's pass, and it's over Mars. He's passed Pistoni, and Arsenal have taken the lead. There's no flag, and it's a Nelka. It's a dream double for Arsenal. The champions have won the FA Cup, and Arsene's academy has come up with the right answers again. 
A double, double of course, the class of 98 on a par now with the Highbury heroes of 27 years ago. Still to come on Reunited on TalkSport. I think, I think there was needle between the teams that just through wanting to beat each other so badly. You know, there was a mutual respect. Yeah, for sure. Because of the standard that each club had set. And we were so close to changing your history. <laughs> and you was. Nah. I, I always say now, whatever you go on to win, you always need that little bit of luck. Yeah. This is Reunited on TalkSport. And we're reliving the rivalry between Arsenal and Manchester United that once dominated the Premier League in the company of former Gunners keeper David Seaman and former United striker Andy Cole. At the start of the 1998-99 season, Arsenal were defending champions, but Manchester United went on a recruitment drive that Alex Ferguson hoped would bring the title back to Old Trafford. Andy Cole. Manager brought in three players. Yorkie, Yap, and uh, Jasper. Yeah. And bringing in those, those three players were massive, yeah. massive, massive signings, yeah. Because, you know, possibly Jasper, if Giggsy wasn't playing, Jasper was slotting. He's an international. He, he played for Milan and teams mm. like that. So we knew what he was getting. Yap was, he was a beast. Mm. One of the best centers I've ever played with. And the white was just... Indian, he was a dream to play with. Yeah. You know, he came and what he did to the dressing room, just his character, very infectious. Yeah. You know, I remember some days the gaff would go absolutely off on one and the white would be still laughing and the boys would be absolutely <laughs> pissing himself laughing at. The gaff has gone off on one. And he's got he said, yeah. And then he's still carrying on. Oh, yeah, he's still laughing. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, so sometimes we are saying to ourselves, is the gaffer thinking that Yorkie's taking a mick or whatever? Because he never, he never, ever didn't have that smile on his face, yeah. you know? So him coming into the dressing room just like that was, was massive, definitely. The battle for the title between these two great clubs was most keenly fought in midfield, where two sets of outstanding players would do battle. Midfield areas, the game's gone won and lost. Yeah. And the titanic battles those boys used to have in midfield. Yeah, you know, like with Patrick and, and Roy, you yeah. know, that, that wasn't through hatred. No. That was through... Um, like wanting to get one over on each other. You know, they wanted to be better than each other. Very much so. You know, and that's that's how all that built up and built up. You know, yeah. they just wanted to beat each other. You know, not not through foul ways or whatever, but just through... Just dominance. Showing, yeah, yeah, to try and dominate the other player. Just exactly. Dominance, you know, and that's why it was such a good game. You know, because we, we, we understood and appreciated what you had in midfield, obviously, Patrick and Petit. But what we had, you know, Roy Scozzi or Batty, whoever, who's going to be in there. You know, we always had ultimate confidence that the boys in midfield would do what yeah. they had to do. That was one hell of you know? a midfield battle anyway. Oh, it was players there. It was, it was phenomenal. <laughs> I remember the manager always used to say, you know, get the, get the ball to your front, man. Yeah. And in, in Roy and Scozzi's mind and Bex and Giggs, if, if they get it to the boys up front, we're causing problems yeah. with the movement and whatever pace or whatever it may be. And that's the way we played. It, it was very... Once he went up front, it was very free-flowing. Yeah. Very free-flowing, definitely. Yeah. What I remember most about you lot as well is like... The way that Bex and and like Gizzi, the way that you used to like cross it straight away. Straight away. And you knew that up front. Yeah. You knew that as soon as they got an opportunity to cross it, it's going in the box. It's going in. They're not going to pick you out. It's just going to go in. Yeah. And that that's and that, a, a massive bonus. Yeah, as, as I said before, you, I mean, especially with Bex. Yeah, Bex knew once I made that movement, 
Yeah, I want it in the box. So it's yeah. not an interview. I'm gonna would he wait for you, or would he just no? No, I know because no, he I, knows. Yeah, he I knows. thought that as soon as he he saw an opportunity against the defender to get it in, yeah. he was just going to whip it, and the quality that he had on it as well was unbelievable. You know, you didn't most of the time you didn't have to put anything on it, did you? You just had to like to to steer it because we 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 got so used to each other now. Like Bex knew, yeah, with my movement, he knows. Yeah, if I make half a yard or whatever, he knows exactly where he's yeah. pointing. Giggsy was different. Yeah. You know, because Giggsy was jinky, we got the byline and take people on. But he could see a pass as well. Yeah. And the boys were always looking for, like, my movement of someone's shoulder or whatever, maybe try to play one-two or slip me straight in. So, yeah. for me, they, they made it a lot easier for me, definitely. In the 1998-99 title race, Arsenal landed the first blow with a comprehensive 3-0 win over United in late September. Not that David Seaman can remember much about it. I can remember we won 3-0, but um, I can't even... Re- Remember who scored? I think it was it Tony, Nicholas, and Freddie. For the record, David's memory isn't that bad. The goals did come from Tony Adams, Freddie Lundberg, and Nicholas Anelka. By Christmas in 1998, it was John Gregory's Aston Villa who surprisingly topped the table, but not for long. After the festive break, both United and Arsenal, alongside a reinvigorated Chelsea, went on remarkable winning runs. But as the Premier League season was heading for a grandstand climax, there was also the distraction of an FA Cup semi-final replay. I remember our, our semi-final battle with you. Oh. And we were so close to changing your history. <laughs> you was. Now, I, I always say now, whatever you're going to win, you always need that little bit of luck. Yeah. You always need that or bit skill. of luck. Yeah. It was and a good save. I even turn around and say, I didn't even play the second leg. I never played it. I picked up a knock and the gaffer put me in the stand and said, no, because we've got the semis coming up uh, against Juventus. It's the best game I've ever watched. And I'm in the stand, I'm watching my team play. It's the best game I've yeah. ever watched. And when Peter Schmeichel makes a penalty save, you've got a chance. Yeah. Because you don't say penalty Especially at that stage as yeah. well. Because if we score that, you're, you're 10 men. Yeah. We've been 10 men for a while. You know, we more or less go on and, and, and take it. In stoppage time, down goes Barla. David Ellery gives Arsenal the penalty. It was a penalty. I think Phil Neville knows it. There's not one complaint from a Manchester United player. Brilliant from Parler. He drives at him. You can have no arguments. But as Camp will take it, and three of his last five penalties for Arsenal have been saved. Two international greats here in a decisive moment in an FA Cup semi-final replay. Bergkamp and Schmeichel. It was another one of those ones, another Juventus night, men possessed, you know, to lose uh, Roy, you know, we knew Roy, the way he played on the edge every single game, yeah. there's a possibility of, of mm-hmm. losing him, but we always knew when he was on that pitch, what he'll give you, yeah, totally. yeah it's more yeah. than enough. Yeah. So when we lost him, he was like, we've got, obviously we've got all men up. Yeah. And like I said, Schmeitz making that save and then Giggsy making that. Oh. Yeah, you're on about over miles making a run from the halfway line. Yeah. Nobody dared take him out. This was like that's what we. Were. I was thinking somebody kick him. It's the easy thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean you look at it now. Everyone keeps backing off, backing yeah. off. I'm saying myself, 
Imagine if someone just advanced him and tried to like, yeah. take him out, but everyone backed off, backed off. And then he got into the area, and I'm like, don't kick him, don't kick him. <laughs> and then, and then he the just smashed it like so hard. Like, yeah, no chance. I, I was moving for the ball coming out. But <laughs> 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 it was one of them, like, when he hit it so hard, you know, like my reactions were like nowhere near quick yeah. enough for the ball. Yeah, it already gone you know, past and it had yeah. gone like right above my head. You know, I'd gone a little bit low because I thought he was going to go low, yeah. if I'm honest. And he just. Just launched it straight over. And, yeah, no chance. A rather weary one from Vieira. Diggs gets past Vieira, past Dixon. Who uh, comes back at him. It's a wonderful run from Giggs! Sensational goal from Ryan Giggs! In the second period of extra time, he's cut Arsenal to ribbons and the team with 10. That was a bad, bad hair chest. Oh, yeah, yeah, bad, bad hair chest. I, I, I think um, gigs you realise now. But you, you, know, you know when you're one of those ones, yeah? You're 10 men and, yeah. you know, we're we having a good guy at it. But to score a goal like that, he's just saying, so oh. what exactly am I going to do? What, oh. what are my celebrations? Yeah. Skip's been sent off, you know. Schmeitz has made a penalty save and I've scored a wonder goal. Yeah. I don't know what I would have done. You know, and I now remember. Man United sing a song about Patrick Vieira about giving yeah. Giggsy the ball and Arsenal won all. Yeah, I remember the, the punters <laughs> running on the pitch and celebrating. Yeah. His, oh, it was, it was a special, special evening. But yeah. I mean, two Titanic games. Yeah. Semis, yeah, definitely. After the epic FA Cup semi-final, there was the small matter of the league to sort out and it would come down to the final few games. You know, like from, from that semi-final as well. Mm. You just everything just seemed to fall into place for you, and he was. But yeah, I, I, I think so. Uh, it, it did go that way until we got to the, the Blackburn game and we threw nil nil because I remember we went went down to the last game of the season. You know, and it was crazy. We was playing Spurs, and you guys were at Villa Park, I believe. Right. And I remember Les scored, and I mean when Les scored, the surprise on his face as if to say, "Oh my God, I shouldn't have done that." <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was an expression that you never see from a centre forward. Is it to say, "Oh man, I've stoked the fire here"? Yeah. And we've come out second half. Uh, Bex has got one to make it one-one. Scores past Walker, and then the manager makes a substitution at half-time. Obviously, takes Teddy off and brings me on. And we first touch, we go two-one up. You know, and then as if Spurs said, "Oh, better start having a go again now." And was it? It was tense, really, really right. tense, because we knew you guys were winning that Villa yeah. Park, and we knew that we had to win. I mean, otherwise, mm. Arsenal would pick us. So we had to win. And it was it was a tough game in the end because I think it was one of those ones where you're a bit nervous. You want the game to finish because we know Arsenal winning. We know yeah. Arsenal winning that Villa Park, and finally we get there. But it, it wasn't an easy game, put it that way. I think what what put what did us was we got. I think we got. Did we get beat or draw with Leeds? You lost to Leeds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that really like derailed us a lot. Yes, but, yeah. definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because if you'd have won that and win a draw, then you'd have been in the driving seat. Right. You know, um, like I said, when when you get to that stage, a little bit of luck. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what we had definitely. But it's it's weird, isn't it? How you, you come off the pitch, no matter whether you've won or drawn, but especially if you've won, you're like, "How's Man United gone on?" Yeah. Straight away, we're like wanting to know how they've gone on. Yeah. Because you, once you get to that stage in the season, 
Yeah. Like, you're not really worried about anybody else because no yeah. one else can really affect it. No. It's you two, it's Manchester United, yeah. Arsenal. You affect where the league's going to end up. Yeah. You know, you just got to win your matches. I can remember the last minute winner. Chong, Chong, it was a hell of a game that day at the Valley. They was not going to... Hey, they left everything on that football pitch. Yeah. Everything. I remember Yorkian. I mean, Yorkian's unbelievable in the air for his height. And he's, I think it was... Um, Richard Rufus, centre-half, and he's got to be six foot odd. I remember Yorkie getting up, glancing at a bang. There you go, 1-0. It's like 95th, 96th minute. That was Manchester United that season. Yeah. You know, we played... How, how frustrating is it, though, like when you, you know, like you say, you go to Charlton or you go to other clubs and they've, they've been having a bad season and then all of a sudden they pull out of performance from nowhere against you? As a manager, always just stress us. It's their cup final. Yeah, exactly. That is their cup final. Totally. You know what to expect. Because some game, you try and say to yourself, oh, no, why are these teams struggling? Yeah. You know, because the performances they put in against Manchester United is like, they shouldn't be at the bottom yeah. of the table for whatever reason. But you know, for that given game, it's their cup final. And it's their it's chance of impressing. It's yeah. the players' individual, individual chance sure. of in, you know, un and testing themselves against the best. Oh, I, I, I look, I look, of course you look back on the league, but the whole league in itself, let's look at some of the late goals we got. Because the late goals have got us in that position. And I remember, like I said, the goal Yorkie got against Charlton. It was so late. I mean, that one was a massive, massive goal. And Arsenal won that afternoon as well. And for Yorkie, he got that goal. And I think phew, that was a big, big relief. Because we just continued from then and went on to win the league last game of the season. So that, for me personally, I can remember that. Because that really sticks in my mind. Because if we didn't win that game... Who knows? There you go. United would take the title, the first part of an unprecedented treble, eclipse in Arsenal's double of the year before. The rivalry that would last well into the noughties was fully underway. But was there respect between the teams or hatred? I think there was needle between the teams, but just through wanting to beat each other so badly. Mm. You know, there was a mutual respect. Yeah, for sure. Because of the standard that each club had set. You know, and then after our double, you know, we we felt that we were, like, with you, mm -hmm. you know, because of what you'd done before that as yeah, well. Yeah. You know, so we, we totally respected that, but we just totally wanted to beat you every time. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> I understand that. And, right, and it's, right, I know, so. but it's vice versa, isn't it? You yeah. Know, it's, you know, when you when when we'd done the double, you were like, you know, the way that you reacted in, you know, doing the treble, mm. just to take one more, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've done the double and we'll just add yeah, another one on there. Chelsea were coming through, Chelsea were coming through, but we always knew Arsenal were our biggest competitors. If we beat Arsenal, we've got a chance to win the league, so yeah. same as that. So, like I said, when, once you get to that level, of course you want to beat them because they're your main competitors. Yeah. And if you can get three points of them, whatever stage you see, they're three points further away from you. And then whoever wins it home or away, who has, whoever has to go to their ground knows they've got to win yeah. to try and get those three points back. Yeah. So he, he became a bit of cat and mouse. And yeah. uh, with Sir Alex, he never, ever went to any ground trying to get a draw. Mm. It's either you go and win yeah. or you lose trying to win. Yeah. He's never like, oh, let's get a point and never. Yeah. Yeah. Never in his philosophy. Yeah. You know, he preferred to lose 5-1 playing the way Manchester United should play and turn around and say, oh, yeah, you got beat 5-1, but hey, you play the way we should play. Yeah. And that's that's what I love about him as yeah. well. But never. It's, just, it's the standards we set, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and... and was the needle there was a little bit of needle I suppose but through stuff that had gone on before weren't there there yeah. was like the Nigel Winterburn and McClare incident where there was a 
hang on, 21 man brawl. Cause yeah, I, there was, yeah, I yeah. was stuck in my net and it was right down the other end and I was like, there's no way I'm going all the way down there. You know, I'm just toss some handbags at somebody, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pushing and so. shoving. Then, you know, then you get the stuff with, with Roy and, Roy and, and Patrick. Patrick. But it, it was just, it weren't like a, a bit of needle. It was more of a competitive... It was intense. Yeah. It was intense because, like I said, the, the respect was massive, but they knew, both teams knew, yeah, we can compete with each other. Yeah. And to, if we beat you, we got a chance to win the league. It's as simple as that. I think if you, if you, if you came off and you didn't have a Boldy kick or Tony Adams kick here, you say, so, mm, that's not like them two. Because like I said previously, I, I played against them when I was um, a first-year pro at Arsenal. And I remember George used to do, like, used to get a, a rope around the back four and things yeah. like that. So you that's always true. knew. Yeah, yeah, you always knew as, as well, Joe. But I, I really enjoyed playing against them because I remember, I don't know, Baldy must have had about size 13 feet or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah. And you knew Baldy, <laughs> if he come in around the back of you, in those days you're allowed to get away with it as well. He'd come naturally, you munch you. But yeah. then you get up and say, oh, it's no problem. And then Tony, the first thing Tony used to try and do, if it was ever going down the going down the line, Tony would try and put in the first set. <laughs> to seats. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I was used to it. So I'm saying, I said, oh, okay, not a problem. But then when I started running in behind, I know Tony and Baldy didn't like that. Yeah. So for me, personally, it was like, there's the battle now. You know, I know you guys don't want that, so why am I going to come and get to my feet so you can kick me all over the gaff? Mm. So stretching them in behind, was that was my beauty. And I, I always enjoyed playing against the Pedro because I learned so much from yeah, them as well. Yeah. You do because they were at that time they were the best. Yes, you know they were they were really a, a well drilled drilled unit. Definitely, and um, yeah, you know, and I remember that I remember the, some of the tattles that used to go in, especially oh. early in the game. Yeah, Baldy would always like go straight down the back of somebody, and then he go to the ref. I went round the side. Yeah, <laughs> because you're allowed to get away with yeah. it. And then like the first one was free, and free. then the next one was a booking. Yeah, you now you did nothing free. Yeah, so that's why I enjoyed the battle so much. And then when Soul came in and. Uh, Martin, yeah. uh, Martin the Rash, and oh. so was physically strong. I loved the battle of playing against the pair of them because he was so intense. He was real, real good. Yeah, I loved it. But what about the managers? Friends? Enemies? Rivals? Well, with, with Arsene, you, you never really knew because he would never speak about other managers to his players. You know, what, whether he spoke to his coaching staff or what, I don't know, but... With with Arsenal, you just never knew what what his feelings were with other managers. Mm. It was strange, you know. And I think I think it was a there, there was a, a mutual respect. But would they have gone out for a drink together? I'm not so sure. No, most probably not. Then <laughs> I think only years later when he yeah. started to <laughs> when he started to see things. <laughs> yeah, when, when, yeah. When he started to when Arsenal started not to become a threat. Yeah. To Manchester United, I think. Yeah. Like when we started selling our best players to you. Yeah. yeah. And start, I think that's when the manager started saying <laughs> they're no longer a threat yeah. to us. Because for some reason, I don't know what it is, Arsenal just fell off the edge of a cliff from becoming challengers every season. Bang, 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 to all of a sudden fading away, not even yeah. challenging anymore. So you're not a threat. Accelerating top four. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, you're not a threat to him yeah. no more as a manager or his football club. So... Why should I have any grievances or any yeah, beefs with you yeah. now? Because you're not really hurting me. Yeah. I think you got to that stage. So I think, naturally, the respect I have for each other's managers now is phenomenal. You know, but I think you got to that stage where I say, well, Arsenal are no longer a threat. So. Mm. so it was easier to be friends. Yes. Mm. And, and rightly so, because I yeah. think that's the management business. Yeah, true. 
following their trouble-winning season, United would win the title a further two times before Arsenal had the chance to reclaim it with a win and where else but Old Trafford in 2002. Yeah, to, to, go, to go to Old Trafford at any time is, is special, but to go there knowing that if you win, you're going to win the league is like, it's like, oh, please let this happen. You know, so it was it was just so special. And this time I played in the game, you know, so it was really nice, you know, to go up there on a really crucial night and then and get the 1-0 victory that we that we needed. And uh, I'll never forget it. We were, even even after that, we went into the dressing room, okay, we had champagne in the dressing room. And then Arsene was like, we, was, we asked Arsene if we could have a drink on the plane. And he's like, no, you need to drink water and recover. <laughs> Like we've just won the league at Old Trafford, and he, that's that's the sort of lot of, of guy he was. But it, um, yeah, it was a very special night. Fantastic rivalry. It was intense. Um, there was a lot of passion showed there. Yeah. I think the game that both teams look forward to every season. And it just brought out the best of each other. Yeah, you know when teams talk, well not teams, when um, I mean the, the TV producers and programs talk about you know Super Sundays or whatever maybe. <laughs> that was a super Sunday. That was a super exactly. Sunday because everyone was looking forward to. I mean, Manchester United Arsenal or Arsenal Manchester United because it was a massive, massive game for sure. Arsenal and Manchester United would continue their Premier League rivalry for a few more years. United claimed the title in 2002 03, with Arsenal winning it the following year. But then came the emergence of billionaire backed clubs in the form of Roman Abramovich's Chelsea and a revamped Manchester City funded by Middle Eastern money. And with it, the rivalry between Arsenal and Manchester United, in the Premier League at least, petered out. It was the end of an era. Now Bolt. And it's Tony Adams put through by Steve Bolt. Would you believe it? Comes back at him. It's a wonderful run from Gag! This has been a tongue-tied media production for TalkSport. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.